Welcome to the Style Frame Saturdays podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Lee. Join me as I take a deep dive into the wonderful world of style frames and interview those who are industry wizards when it comes to this stage of the animated production process. For those who may not know, style frames are pieces of creative that are developed during the pre-production phase of an animation project, and they help creators and clients alike get an idea of the overall style of a piece. Sometimes the initial vision is carried through to the end, and other times it ends up on the cutting room floor. During this podcast, we'll discuss projects of all shapes and sizes, and the challenges, rewards, and lessons learned while developing what I like to call each guest's favorite frame. Before getting into the details of today's show, though, the Style Frame Saturdays team would like to give a quick shout out to Riverside. Riverside is the tool that we use to develop this podcast, and it simply wouldn't exist without it. There are so many great features to this tool, but one of our absolute favorites is its ability to upload tracks simultaneously and continuously to the cloud while being recorded. We can't thank Riverside enough for making our podcasting effortless, so we have a link in today's show notes for anyone who's interested in checking it out. So now that you know how we're getting this podcast to you, let's dive in to episode five. I think it's safe to say that today's guest is a legend when it comes to style frame development. His social feeds are Styleframe goldmines. In fact, I bet if you look up the word Styleframe, his name goes hand in hand. He's worked on some big name projects throughout his career, including title sequences, ad campaigns, and broadcast commercials. And his style is uniquely distinguishable from anything I've ever seen. I'm so stoked to have him on today and talk all things Styleframe, so please help me in welcoming Justin Harder to the show. Hey, Justin. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How have you been? Well, hello, hello. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I'm doing very well. Super psyched. This is so cool. Style Frame Saturdays. My goodness. <laughs> it's very new. You're one of the, you know, beginning podcast guests. So we're stoked to have you here. Um, you do a ton of tile, Style Frame um concepts and development and stuff like that. So I'm really itching to get into, you know, the frame you're going to be sharing with us today. But for anybody who doesn't know you or is unfamiliar with your work, would you be willing to tell us a little bit about yourself and your sort of creative path and journey and career thus far? Sure, sure. Uh, I run a studio called Cloud Studios. Uh, there's a plural on studios, like there's many of them, but it's really me. Um, I do illustration design for commercials, films, uh, really brands, really anything, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, I'm here for my style frames. And it's cool that you honed in on style frames because as uh, in my business, it's what obviously wins jobs. Um, the concept, you got to show the concept, what you want to pitch, what you want to show. And so uh, style frames have become Early on in my career, they were called this one place. What it was called, uh, Jazzles or something. Was that? No, I just made that up. It's not Jazzle. Sizzles, Sizzle. They're like, hey, you get some Sizzle frames, you know? And this is early. I'm telling. This is like 2006, so I'm dating myself. But they really weren't a thing early on. Like, they're just kind of concept pieces. But now it's pretty standard. 1920, 1080 HD style frames. Let's see what you got. You got to know what the commercial looks like. So it's cool that you. Picked up on, obviously, uh, making a, a, a podcast, vlogcast about this and to delve into that world because it really is our bread and butter as motion designers. That's true. That's a very good point. And it's funny you say the the sizzle frames or whatever they were called, too. I feel like there's so many different 
there's a ton of terminology around, you know, what they are. I feel like style frames is pretty standard now, but I've heard keyframes and, you know, uh, the meat and potatoes of like a pitch deck, <clears throat> excuse me, and stuff like that. So it's kind of funny to see how they, the name has even transformed over time too. Yeah, totally. Um, they really have it. It's become very much an industry standard to, uh, well, some places would require one to, I've, I've, I've done as little as one for a project and worked as long as a week on one style frame for a project and done as many as 25, 45, 50 for, for pitches. And I'm sure a lot of motion designers can attest to, um, sometimes I obviously will go through, uh, multiple concepts, you know, six frames per concept, a couple of concepts, maybe nine frames per concept, maybe three concepts in five days. But breaking it out and to, to see how different studios work with creative directors and what they're looking for is always interesting to me because I, I love uh, and I feel that style frames become the most successful when you're casted appropriately and you feel comfortable with the task that you're being uh, asked to execute in the time frames. Because a lot of the time, as you well know, we don't have a lot of time in the commercial industry, more so probably sure. in the, the film world of title sequences might have a bit more time, but... For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I will timeframes nowadays. I mean, you know, I feel like everybody wants everything yesterday too. So it's, it's interesting, you know, we can be so productive nowadays. And I think that that just comes with the territory too. And now everything's like two weeks, one week, sometimes you see days. You've seen for this. Certain, for yeah. Things. yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. I've, I've, I've talked with a couple of folks about that, a couple of peers, and they've mentioned this, the, the timeline will get a little shorter uh, for that too. So it's, it, yeah, I guess it's kind of happening, happening, uh, industry wide right now yeah uh, which definitely. can actually actually for sometimes it can benefit the creative quite a bit um, that's true do, too. Do, you, do you find that i mean i feel like sometimes i get a little bit uh, a little bit more amped and revved up when i only have a couple days to, i know i need to burn the burn the engine a little bit harder and faster than opposed to a a five-day one where there might be a few different pieces or even that's a short booking, but this is all concept stuff. I mean, production, production bookings right. are longer and, you know, obviously, but, right. you know, uh, I don't know how many of the people that you've talked to so far and what their bookings usually are, but, uh, you know, they can range from a, a couple of days to, to a, I guess a couple of weeks for concept stuff, but. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, well, our first guest, Liam, um, you know, he was talking about the, the frame that he shared. It was a project that was like a pretty short booking too. So, and that was just for the entire booking, but yeah, I think we specifically had talked about, you know, like, well, what about getting like sort of the concept phase part of it done? He was just like maybe a couple days, you know? So, <laughs> so the timelines do get short sometimes. And I do agree with you too. I think that, you know, project depending, you know, I think it depends on the scope of the project and, you know, the creative approach of the project. Um, you know, it either definitely will amp me up to be like, you know, okay, like, you know, this is a really cool concept and let's just, let's have at it for this next couple of days. And then other times, you know, um, if it's a longer booking, I'm sort of like, all right, this feels like the right amount of time for this one too. I just, so I just feel like it kind of like ebbs and flows for me at least, you know, I don't, I don't know how you feel about it. <laughs> yeah. And um, depending on the the style with which the concept requires and, and how comfortable I feel learning, uh, possibly a new way to handle something um, or to add a new tool or a new practice I've been doing in my own personal work to insert it, maybe going like, hey, this might be a poss possibility to do this new thing I've been doing on the sidelines here and trying to shoehorn it in sometimes, at least for a concept that 
A, it could be a toss away because I love doing the ones that are so outrageous that there's not a chance, but then all of a sudden there might be a chance. That's right. You never know. (laughs) And that means a lot. That really means a lot to me if they go with something that's so left field or at least bring it into the realm of watering it down to bring to another concept or something. And and then we as artists can say, yes, you know, and again, little tiny victories, because I think that's that's what I that's what I live for. The the passion of uh, in that world of getting things across where it's not necessarily. um and a given that it was going to be the the direction that the client would go for, you know? Right. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Well, so you had said, you know, you started your own studio. Um, yes. And you're just mostly doing or only doing the design and illustration part, like for the concept stuff. You're not doing any of the animation stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't animate. Yeah, I kind of glossed over okay. that because I got so jazz. I got some jazzled. <laughs> I'm using that word, by the way. I'm going to hashtag the heck out of that jazzle. This is going to be the jazziest episode ever. So, social so jazzle frames. <laughs> Sounds like it's pretty cool. Okay, so, um, so I, yeah, I I started out um, working in a full time at a place in Dallas, Texas, called Real Effects, and you might have heard okay. of they've, done, they've done a couple animated, a few, maybe more than a few animated movies now, I believe. But for sure. Um, Started out in their art department, uh, like entry level illustrator kind of thing. And it was just that where I I graduated from Ringling College of Art and Design with an illustration degree. And this is in 2003. And it's like on the cusp of really the digital age in college education as well, in art school education, because I took a couple Mm -hmm. of courses in in digital art. But it was almost like, hey, here's how to use Illustrator and the pen tool. Make an eyeball, wee, make a smiley face, here's a clown. And it's like, okay, that was like really technical. And like, I don't want to pull on the little things all the time and make the curves and the spleens and all the things and keep touching the wrong. So it was almost like, uh, I don't know about all that, but um, as you get out, I got out of school, I was learning how to apply the skills I had as an illustrator in a different form, Max. And basically, you do what you have to do in order to make it as a professional. And, right. and I wanted to make it, I, you, this is all I had. It's like this, you, there's, I, there's no fallback. I've always wanted to draw for a living and, and entertain with my drawings and my artwork. That's my goal. That's what's in my heart. And it's mm-hmm. like, there's no fallback. So it's going to happen. But my first year was really rough. I only did some more, some murals, um, after graduating, so did a couple of murals around Sarasota and like Orlando. And it was like, is this it? And I started getting into band t-shirt designs and then kind of getting a little bit of a head of steam going with that, like doing stuff for Sugar Cold and like Midtown and like a Sugar Cold and Midtown and Brand New and then 311 and then Sarah Bareilles and then The Fray. So kind of Very ping-ponging cool. up with this t-shirt design thing and kind of brand design. And, it's, and, and at the same time, I got a job at a place that afforded me, um, and this is before freelance, I couldn't get, I mean, I was trying to do freelance, but I just wasn't getting the hits. And, uh, yeah, this place, the real effects really gave me kind of the grad school of like being able to work on different projects. Each day was two different projects, a half day in the morning on one half day in the afternoon on another, totally different styles. And it's like, you didn't have any, uh, other way to handle it besides, you know, roll up your sleeves and say, okay, well, I got to be able to do this because they're employing me and I want to continue 
doing this and, and you get better and better and better. And it was a great place to learn. I learned so much and was on the computer a lot because obviously the, the final form of commercials has to go through digital unless mm-hmm. you're filming it and we weren't filming, we're putting stuff into them. So uh, doing a little bit of hand done stuff and that, or everything like that. But, you know, uh, we're getting Photoshop and now I'm in Photoshop uh, all the time, but I do the hand done stuff if I want to. Uh, anyway, jumping ahead there, but that's, that was, I did seven years as a full-timer at the commercial wow. studio doing first this jazzles and then the sizzles. And then the, <laughs> then the style frames came up and got, I got a title sequence with this movie called Mr. McGorium's Wonder Emporium. That wow. That's we awesome. Did. We did there. And did you, have you seen that one? Have you seen the movie? I haven't seen the movie. No, I haven't. But I, I know of it. Like I, I remember the visuals from like, you know, the, uh, the concept art and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The, we, we did the opening titles on that one. And it was with uh, a guy named Danny Del Purgatorio who works, was at Frame Store for a bit. And okay. a couple guys back in Dallas, Brandon Oldenburg and Lambert. And so what we ended up doing was uh, I got addicted to the storytelling aspect then of bringing the art and not just doing the commercial stuff with it for a job or whatever and money, yada, yada, which was like way down low on my list, but like attached to the storytelling component. Um, And that's where I kind of got bit by the the bug of title sequences. Um, And it was the coolest. They put our names in the beginning and the front of it, they actually asked that's like never heard of like, in the title sequence for the title, we're like going crazy. And it was all of our, all my designs mixed with Danny. It was just so cool. We had such a stamp on it and it was like free and that was, we could put in whatever we want to get to watch the movie so many times. So that got me going. And then my time in, in Dallas was up and it was time to, to go try out with the big boys out in uh, LA. Very cool. And you've been in LA ever since, right? I was moved out in 2011, went, went full-time freelance full-time freelance, you know, uh, then, and create the, created the moniker Klaus, uh, Klaus studios is my middle name. And, uh, I just felt like it was ambiguous enough to, to work and to get away from, um, I don't know, kind of anything, anything else. Any, there was another Justin Harder out there and I'm like, I'm not that guy. So, uh, I think Klaus is the way I went with it. And, uh, and it's been good ever since it was, yeah, no, started out though with no clients in LA. Went out there, moved out, oh, wow. moved out in an RV, lived in Malibu in an RV in a beach park, and it was Malibu RV beach park, best time ever. And uh, started with zero contacts and just started emailing every single studio I liked. You know, wow. If you can't if you can't beat them, join them. And so I was trying to join them, man. So it was like brand new school. It was right off the bat. It was my first one to go into. They're still. I was just going to ask who the first one was. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're still one of my favorites. I love those guys. Those guys over there, and uh, they really gave me a break coming in. And I'll tell you, from working full time at a studio for eight hours a day, you work hard. And I and I realized I was at least trained to work very very hard and produce a lot of right. content. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to stop with two two frames in a day, no matter how intricate the style was. There's no way that's not what they're paying me for, and so I would really, I would really tr- churn out because I had to. You know, my back was up yeah. against the wall, and uh, you got to make it. You know, for so sure, for sure. It that's was awesome. It was a fun time, I, but that's when we would go into studios a lot more than now. Now, who knows when everyone's going to going to really go back or feel comfortable, even if they want you back, but. 
Um, right. At the time, you had to go in and have the art director over your shoulder and uh, and just needing to, to, to please them and to, to make sure that you hit their hit their creative each day. And right. that's obviously we're in the service industry. You got to You got to please the, the, the folks that need to be pleased. So definitely, um, definitely. Yeah, I get pretty jacked about obviously talking about the story of it and like how you come up and everything. So, it, you know, each person's journey is just so different. It is. It's very different. And it's and it's really nice to hear everybody's sort of introduction and, you know, how they got into this and what they're doing now. Because even sometimes, you know, how they got into this is like they were in a completely separate industry as well. And it sounds like from what you're saying, you've always, you've known that you've always wanted to do this. Plus you went to Ringling. I mean, Ringling's always producing amazingly talented creatives yeah. out of their school as well. So, um, you know, yeah, to kind of hear that you had started out, like even just doing the t-shirt stuff, that's really cool too. Working with some of these big well, name artists and stuff. That's amazing. Well, and, and, <laughs> and then with real and now out in LA and working with some of the studios that you've, you know, had the opportunity to work with, which I know we'll get into with your favorite frame and everything, but it's just really cool to kind of see the arc of everything thus far, because it's not over yet. There's obviously more to come too. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, but you're very right about folks how they get into it at different times. And 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 I'm very fortunate to know since I was a kid that I wanted to draw for a living and do that mm-hmm. because it was like my secret power that people smiled at when I did it. And that right, was something right. that was very different than other things that I could always control, you know, and it was like, if you didn't have, it was, it just, it just felt like it immediately inspired uh, a happiness in a way. And I, and I really love that feeling of that. And I uh, love that. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, the, the high school, the art, the art clubs and the high school, the AP classes. And then you kind of get into where I applied to, I think Cal arts was Cal arts and SCAD and Ringling. And okay. I visited Ringling when I was like 14 with my grandfather and, and, and seeing that. And I kind of had that in my mind. I love the beach. And I loved the camp. I love the campus. I love beach. I love the fact the illustration program was like in the top three or four in the nation. Now they have uh-huh. a motion design uh, major, of course, like every every studio. Uh, I'm sorry, every right. college, every art college, most of the time out there. And and who knows if I mean a lot of folks go to the school of motion. There's so many different ways to get your portfolio nowadays uh, up to up to snuff or whatever. It's so true. Yeah. No. There's not that there's. Well, maybe there is more opportunity, but I was going to say, you know, it's, there's just more than one way to like get there now. And there's an even more direct way to get there. And, you know, yeah, to hear, to hear folks say like, you know, well, I started out, you know, in even just doing music and then I ended up here. It's sort of like, wow, that's, that's a really interesting story to tell too. You know, like how, how did you get from music to here? Like, what was, what was the bridge over? You know, it's just always very fascinating to hear everybody's stories. Yeah. Yeah. So with, with those bands, it was, it was more, when you come out of, when I came out of Ringling at a time, it was such a different world because there, this wasn't a thing for the most part. Mm -hmm. Not, not really in 2003, and so I was just, they basically trained us to be editorial illustrators, which is you would do mm-hmm. like a spot illustration for Time Magazine in the back or like a cover for Rolling Stone. But it's like you're, you're competing for one cover illustration for Rolling Stone every month that maybe they wouldn't even have an illustration. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, or a newspaper editorial illustrator. And it's like, that was kind of like where I was like looking at going, but I, 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 
I want to do some other stuff here. And, and I got in really into design my junior and senior year at Ringling and no other illustrators got into typography really as much as I did. I was able to take the expressive typography class and I had a roommate that was a graphic designer that loved title sequences. So I started kind of looking at that then, but not really knowing how much that was influencing me. And so you are so influenced by your peers anywhere you yes. go in any of these classes, even if it's online, oh, you know, sometimes we get a little bit closed off where we think they're all competition and we kind of, you know, or imposter syndrome, but there is such a, a beauty to letting the guard down, taking yeah. in others work, letting it affect right. you and then seeing how it can, how it can marinate and what happens after you regurgitate how you would channel that and how it would come out of the Justin filter versus another way, you know, that's right. It just won't look the same. There's no way it could look the same. So, um, yeah. And I, and I think that the music kind of, it was always like a freelancing and and that's, what's so nice about freelancing to today, obviously, is I'm, you know, I say at the studio, but I still, you know, I work from home. It's a home studio. I'll employ if we have animators on a project that needs production, we'll do remote stuff. But, uh, you know, um, there's, there's such a flexibility to the schedules, right? So you can, I'm right now finishing up branding a a nationwide pizza um, restaurant that a a famous chef is doing, and it's going to be like 15 places nationwide immediately on release. And it's going to be my mural and the, the mural that we've designed, I put together in the all the stores there, and I'm coming up with a video for it. So when you have these skills as a motion designer, you can offer them to people in ways with which they might not know the possibilities. So true. Yeah. And now you have this, now you have the skills and the narrative skills and component to be like, okay, here's the brand and here's, here's the logo and here's the business cards and here's the stationery and the pizza box, whatever it is. But there might be something else. There might be some other right. way to get this out there. And so it's, right. it's fun right now as I'm about to put, put together a director's treatment for this video that could be played on their social and obviously in all their locations and everything. So very cool. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like a fun time. <laughs> it's a fun. Yeah. There's a lot of different, po- like you said about possibilities. It's now it's the time. I mean, there's yes. how many thousands of shows come out. I was market? just going to say, between content overload and ads galore, like the possi- possibilities really are endless. It, so, um, yeah, if you want to be a motion designer, do it now. I think it <laughs> just is kidding. time. Just I know that when and I was <laughs> teaching at Otis um, and I, I wrapped last year, but I was doing a, a motion design course at Otis. They they were looking for folks that were doing it in the industry. And I, I go up. They, and they reached out and I go, I like the, the guy that ran the program. I don't have a teaching degree, certainly not a co- collegiate teaching degree, but you didn't need one if you had to work. And so I ended up falling in love with it and loving the kids and everything and just having that exchange. But um, there's just, uh, there was actually like a kind of an ebb and flow to the motion design program at first where like computer animation was getting all the kids and then visual development was getting all the students and then, pre, you know, concept art and then all of a sudden like motion kind of came up yeah you know it it really peaked i think there's the possible what they're seeing how they can integrate 3d animation into motion design um mm-hmm. but i would I'll always say like the thing that it eludes a lot of 
the motion design I see is a, is actual design. Right. So right. I, I, that's what my, my, I, I love graphic design. It's really, I, I don't even, I mean, I'm not that great with transitions. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'll hit them if you need me to. I'll hit them. I, I'm, I think that way and I'll hit them if you need me to, but I like moments. Like when you said keyframes, I, I feel keyframes. I mean, uh, I, I get it. I get, I can see why that would be a, a word that would be used with style frames. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if you can hit those moments, then an animator that knows animation can make it sing. You know? That's true. That's I love that. That's a great phrase. <laughs> well, have, have you seen this where sometimes you'll be asked if you can animate a designer, you know, designer, illustrator, and they'll say, well, do, you, do you animate? And I go, I can animate, but I'm not an animator. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Great answer. Yeah. <laughs> There's a difference there. I mean, I, I, I know. No, I know what you mean. I know how After Effects works. I can move some sliders for little hinge joints, like South Park animation, sure. Like, and I can critique animation, but you you want an animator, you know? I yeah. mean, an animator is someone that lives and breathes it. They had they had it in their heart, true. but they want to see that life. They they get they get such a a joy out of doing it. That's who I want to employ for when I have sequences that need it, you know, those folks. Right. Right. Not the designer that kind of does it on the side, you know, even though there's obviously outliers that are both phenomenal at both. I'm sure this will get some comments Mm -hmm. in the old comment section, you know, but (laughs) animators versus people that animate, I I believe are are two kind of different things. No, no. And I, I agree with you there. You know, it's, you know, there's, there's a specialty. There's like a, just like a niche, like, I don't know what it is. There's, there's just like, you can tell, you can always just tell like, you know, this person lives and breathes animation and this person lives and breathes design. They could both very well be motion designers. Um, but you can always pick up on it too. So it's, it's interesting that you bring that up. You know, I can definitely, I can see what you're, what you're talking about. (laughs) Great point. Yeah. They can cross pollinate, but, uh, anyway, so when you asked about animation, yeah. Oh, well, I'll, I'll sell it as a service to do like a full production thing, but I always right. let my clients know that I won't be the one doing it, that I'll find the best person for the job. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, we've talked a bit about how like you're very passionate about the design side of stuff. So maybe we should jump into your favorite frame then so that we can talk about your design and concept and creative about what you're going to share with us today. Okay. This is a really cool question. I'm glad that you had this up, this favorite style frame thing. At first I go, this is impossible. What <laughs> I go, this is, there's no way I go. what? <laughs> and then it was so great because it cuts to the core of some things. And I got to like kind of reassess why it would be a favorite of mine. And I think mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, all right. This is from, uh, the pitch. So up until in LA, when I moved out in 2011, I was working on commercials, 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 and mm-hmm. that's great. And I like commercials and it, I was getting some styles in there that were winning. I was winning some jobs and it was feeling awesome. And, uh, but I kept wanting to do title sequence. I was really looking forward to telling that story again, to having an impact on something that would be forever. And, mm-hmm. um, got the opportunity through doing commercials with blur have, have, oh, cool. Do you know Blur? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was like, I was like, they're, they're huge and ma- massive, phenomenal work. Love Death Row bosses off the charts for them with the Emmys and everything. So, but before that, doing a lot of commercial work, 
and I worked with Jen on the commercials and then they got the opportunity to pitch on four to the dark world. And okay. she said, she said, Justin is an illustration for, uh, we think you'd be great for this, this idea for Thor two. And I go, Hey, that's a movie. I, I, I know that character. I'm obsessed with comic books. It's what I grew up on, which I didn't really get to talk to very much about too. But anyway, early nineties, it was all image comics, yada, yada. So that's why I draw my figures. Like I draw them. That's why I have Batman behind me. I love them. It's not like I currently read too many. I, I really don't, but um, they already influenced me. Like the influence is done. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like now I want it, but okay. So this Thor to the dark world and the concept that they had kicked back and forth from the creative direction side was, um, you know, this is like a second film. It's going to be like a lot darker than the first one. We're thinking something with limited color palette with uh, maybe the red would be the color, yada, yada. And so I'm like, okay, I got, I, and they didn't really have any, I don't think they have any visual reference, but this is the frame I did that ultimately I did three frames, I think for maybe four frames for the pitch. And it's the first one I did. And as soon as I did it, I thought, this is the title sequence to Thor to the dark world, which is a cool, cool feeling. Um, not a cocky feeling. I just felt like it was the right answer. And sometimes you feel right. like the right answers are felt the same thing with the blade logo. I did one logo. I didn't have any other answers. I, th there was no, I could have explored more, but it, I didn't have any other solutions right then. Um, and it was a short gig, but anyway, Thor to the dark world, Marvel went with it. And, it was the frame that kicked off more title sequences and kind of working in that world and, and, and branching out from the, and keep continuing to then bolster the portfolio with, uh, with projects that were um, uh, permanent like films are. So uh, it was great to work with the team on it. I ended up getting, so we did that one. And then the first comment was back. We love that style. And I was over the moon that they went with it. Cause it's just, would be me doing the whole title sequence. Um, and then they had to draw, I had to paint 65. I got to paint 65 some odd digital paintings with every wow. single brush stroke of those paintings all on different layers in Photoshop. Wow. So, so this is, this was for Thor too, or this, this is for a different, this one? is for Thor too. So that the oh, animators wow. okay. could animate. And if you watch the sequence, the brush strokes come in and they paint the, the scene and everything. And, um, yep. All those strokes were all masked on on each each PSD file uh, was 4K and probably upwards of 65 to 85 to 115, 20 layers. Wow. Where it's very different than painting normally because painting normally, you'd hopefully paint on one layer with some additional pieces. All depends on different people's workflow. Um, right, right. But like separating the layers and being like, okay, eyebrow paint. Boop. Okay, next layer. Underneath. <laughs> boop. Next layer, nose. Next layer, dark nose. Next layer, lighter nose. You get it. I mean, some right, of the right, stuff right. I would lump together, but anyway, it was a blast. It was so, and that's why it's my favorite frame because it kicked off a, a whole new uh, a connection with, with Marvel and, um, and it was just so ecstatic about making it, moving out to LA and not having clients and then getting to work on uh where it's all your artwork is of a, her a title sequence was so rad. Yeah. Wow. Like what a, what a, you, exactly. Like how that must be such a cool feeling to be like, you know, like you came out here, you know, 
fresh and then like one of the first big things you work on is a marvel movie i mean that's got to feel pretty incredible <laughs> it was rad yeah and when and so it's cool that you asked that question i think it's a really you're going to get awesome answers from all the, the talented folks that you talk to because it does focus you uh force you to focus on um on why is this my favorite is it because i like right. how good i did on this one <laughs> you know right and I, i'm like i think it was just conceptually from their side, it was a, a cool concept, but I, I, I am glad I forced myself to out of the box. We'll find not only scan brush strokes in, but but co go through so many different types of digital paintbrush strokes to figure out that world and and break down. And I got to pick out all the frames that were that were ultimately painted. I got to watch the movie uh, at their first studio <laughs> that was like kind of like a work in progress studio. So I got to. Me and the creative director, we we just had to be picked out frames that we wanted to paint over, and it was awesome. Chris Helmsworth, I met him at a uh, in a Whole Foods one time about three months after. He was looking at an orange. I went up to him and I said, "Hey, Chris, I love you, man. I painted your face an awful lot for a movie that you're just in, and I just want to come and say hi." And he goes, "Whoa, hold on, bloke." Wait, what, mate? Mate, I think he told me mate because he's Australian. Hold on, mate. What'd you say? I told him again, and he goes, "Whoa, those were effing awesome." <laughs> and I'm like, "So are you, Chris Helmsworth?" <laughs> and then I, and then I called everybody I knew. And then I knew I had to get out of Whole Foods because I didn't want to walk up and down the aisles with him and be like, "Hey, again." Right, right. He's like, and I'm like, oh, me again. some baking powder this time. What are you making, Chris? Can I come over later for some brownies? It's like, <laughs> I got to get out of here. So I just bolted and called everyone. Anyway. When you were talking about the, um, how you delivered, you know, or sorry, how you were um, sort of creating the Photoshop layers for this too, you know, because it sounds like, you know, yeah, that there was a ton of like, sort of like, strategy involved obviously for you as the designer to then pass off to the animators um yeah was that something that the creative director at blur was sort of telling you that that, that that's how they needed it delivered or were you sort of like intuitively thinking like you know okay i'm going to separate everything out so that the animators have every single layer to work with like how did that process yeah. come about that you sort of delivered your handoff that in that way yeah we definitely had discussions about the technicality of animating um because now you've seen it a lot where they'll film someone painting or the work in progress or like the uh, time lapse or something where, but this, it wasn't that at this point. And uh, we, we definitely had some technical difficulties because it also had to be done in stereoscopic. So oh, right, right. on top of that, the animators were, um, I think kind of tasked with a bit and it was a small team um, of, of folks too at Blur at the time. I think it was three. I think it was three. Wow. And then one, one technical director that handled maybe some of the stereoscopic stuff, but it looked great in stereoscopic. I was blown away. Um, and they did a phenomenal job with the animation too. Uh, but yeah, there were discussions and I would always apologize when I gave them the file. I'd be like, okay, shot 24 is done. And they open it up on their computer and they go, 116 layers, all not named. Nice job, harder. And I go, hey man, I gotta do like forty of these things. 
But I would that's feel, what's crazy. Too. I'd feel real bad. And then oh, they only use like 25 and I did like maybe 65. Wow. I painted five of Chris Helms where I couldn't get his face right. And they were like, dude, <laughs> get the face right or else we're going to can you. I'm like, I'll get there. <laughs> Just t- some of them were tricky, but um, yeah. I hope you terrible. told Chris all of this when he was picking out that orange, by the way. <laughs> He's like, it was awesome. Wait, you're still talking to me. I'm like, oh, I am. Are we not best friends now? No, that, that's how no. we work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the team was... The, the, fo- the folks there are, are, are such class acts of, of being able to handle such a monumental undertaking and then get to see the work come to life with the animatic. And then they scored the music to our sequence. Oh, cool. And they used the score from the movie and the actual composer. And I got to hear that with our sequence. And I was flipping out when that when, when I got to see that for the first time as well. So. Yeah, that was that was a big one. So that's my favorite frame right there, folks. There it is. <laughs> there and it is. Just because of how how influential it was early on. It was such a kickoff, a kickoff to such cool stuff. And I love the comic Thor. And it was just to be able to be tied to the properties that you work on. I think a lot of the artists probably can agree they start rooting for the projects you work on. You want to mm-hmm. you kind of, you know, you get excited about them, you know. It's a beautifully crafted like frame though too. So, you know, not only, yes, did it sort of kickstart you into like all of these title sequences of working with these wonderful studios. I mean, you've worked with a handful of like top-notch studios too. Um, but is it your favorite frame for more than one reason? Or is it the reason that like, you know, I got to work on, you know, this put my foot in the door to yeah. work on these title sequences, or was it technically sort of challenging too? in that like, you're like, I really dig this style too. Oh. Like, and that's why I like this frame a lot. Well, that's a good question too. Um, I had never done this style. So I think that as far as pushing myself, I was happy with doing something that I'd never seen before personally. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that. And, uh, and when you, and what, when I feel like I've done something I had it, I haven't seen before. I always, you know, when I, like you're designing and like, I'm back here a lot of the time designing, like leaning back. And then I kind of get something going and I go, Okay. It's the lean forward moment. I'm like, oh, we're cooking now. I can see something happening. It was the lean forward moment with my with that for sure. And uh, I I took a peek at it when when you when you asked me and uh, and it was a, still holds up, still pretty cool. The face is a little bit more vague than we ended up going. We had to have much more likeness in the faces than that one. That's very ambiguous. And I think mm-hmm. initially the rest of my frames for that first batch were very were a bit more ambiguous. Okay. But you know, you have to show you have to show the talent and it was the right call. I right. mean, you have to show these phenomenal actors and you know in all their glory for their characters. And obviously you can tell that's Thor, but we want to know that it's Chris Helmsworth as Thor, you know. So we started right. getting more right. detailed. And when we got more detailed, I couldn't be as vague with my brushwork. And so mm-hmm. it actually opened up another level of tinkering that we had not done on the concept phase. It's one of those classic projects that goes from concept looks good and in theory would work. And then you go into production of having to do it X amount of times over the the timeline and you go, A, is it going to get tiresome seeing a frame build on and then build off, build on and then build off, build on. Interesting. Yeah. So there were these other caveats that, that you need to think about. And then we go, well, 
we can't put that we need to add another color into the sequence. And so Loki is green. And so the of course we added green, but then we have a sequence that's black and white and gray, and then red and green. And so cool. that opens up for you can't have red and green shots back to back. It's Christmas time. So right. <laughs> and then we decided, and Jen, I think, was the one to decide, okay, how about a gold in there too? And so Idris Elba's card is a gold card that uh and a couple other ones I think we used for a couple of the actresses and maybe a couple of the uh, fire, there's a fire flame shot we had some gold into. So the development, I mean, that just comes from getting in there and doing it, you know, and having, right. and then the other, the, the last thing about, about that, that was really cool for, for uh, I really fought hard and kept pushing to get them to end on the Thor with his hammer down. There's a great shot and his lightning coming out. I added all the lightning in, but they didn't want to add any, names or cards every card had to have a name because of the time mm -hmm. purposes but our last card with loki and the card before that with thor with the hammer down they both don't have any names and it was a massive fight fight early on because it oh, kind of ended without seeing thor for a while mm. so we thought we we got all of our thor shots down early anyway so it got to that last scene and we go we got to see Thor, got to see Thor. And then Marvel said, okay, yeah, let's put Thor at the end. And we got That's Thor awesome. at the end with a big red explosion that Kate comes out. And it was, uh, it was awesome, an awesome victory for us. The whole That's piece, so cool. the whole piece was a, was a, a crazy victory in it. And, it, and, uh, and yeah, it, it kicked off a, a lot of, a lot more in the Marvel universe and, and, and other worlds. But yeah, I got asked to do that style quite a few times afterward. And, and I did it for, a couple, I'm sure. Uh, a couple of projects I tried to emulate myself and I couldn't, I, I forgot how I did it. And so I kind of came up with different, <laughs> like I was in some kind of weird zone or something. I mean, I knew how I did it, but I didn't like want to do the same thing or something. I don't know. Right. Right. Well, I um, was able to discover your medium and some of the case studies that you, you know, write up on your projects and you did do a case study for this one. And um, I loved that you, you had written this comment on, how you used a chaotic flurry of energetic brushwork to sort of bring this like title sequence to life. Um, and I think you had mentioned too, that you had sort of like built out your scanned brushstroke library. Like you were creating like hand ones too, in addition to whatever digital yeah, ones you had, right. um, you know, did you choose certain brushes with regards to like maybe roughness and texture over others to convey this sort of creative direction? Or did you just really kind of just take a paintbrush to a surface and just say like, you know, okay, let's have at it. Let's see what works and what doesn't work. No, it, it definitely wanted to go for a drier brush feel. Uh, it couldn't feel goopy. Um, it couldn't True. feel liquidy. I, I didn't want those to come across in the final execution, mm -hmm. but I felt like a dry brush where you could see that there was paint on it and then it gradually came off as it went across the surface and that yeah. would uh, kind of coincide conceptually with the the film. I mean, w without seeing the film beforehand, it's difficult a lot of the time to know if you're headed on the right direction with the concept because mm -hmm. you only see the trailer, perhaps, and you can be really off base. But the movie was dark and darker, and um, they clearly changed complete gears from it with Thor Ragnarok and went you know more comedic base with Taika coming in and, and dominating that. But um, Thor 2 had that slurry, and I'm, that's, I'm glad I wrote that. That's very nice. I'll need to quote myself on that sometime. But um, 
yeah, the, the brushwork did have to have a complexity to their, their shape language. And uh, got fortunate that they, I, I was able to turn them, twist them, flip them, erase out of them. And, and with about 25, 20 favorites, the whole sequence was made with about 20 brushes. But I didn't apply them by drawing. I applied them by stamping. Oh, okay. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yes. Yeah, of course it is. It's, it was like, I never, I never like made it into a brush. I just used it as a stamp texture, the scan brush. So I could increase it and decrease, decrease it, increase it a little bit. Cause then you lose some, uh, you lose some quality of the, of the paintbrush side, but then you can flip, 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 rotate in Photoshop right before you apply. And then I can take an eraser, use the same brush as an eraser, go in and take out of it or different brushes as an eraser so that. Right. 20 brushes, 20 brush strokes ended up becoming about 400. Uh, wow. Well, well in, in, in numerous because you can right, right. flip it or rotate the different strokes. So, yeah, it was really a weird way to work. I was definitely working with the, the strokes as textures in there. Yeah, no, no, that's really cool to hear how like sort of from the technical side of it too, how you're sort of building this out and you know, using them as assets to sort of create these frames. Um, I think you had also mentioned in your case study too, I think it says 46 images, but now it sounds like maybe it was more like 65, um, that you had to paint, you know, that amount in four weeks. Um, and I'm assuming you had a couple rounds of revisions within this time frame as well. So if you don't mind me asking, how quickly did you have to knock out like the first set of illustrations, like for that first round? Well, I think it got down to three a day. Okay. I think, wow. I think I told the, I never worked as hard in my life on a project. And now <laughs> I, I come to remember it. I, I do remember staying at that studio very late for many nights in a row, mm. getting there early and just having so much pride because it's my name on it at the end of the day. It's, it's not the, it says illustration. There was no other illustrators. It was, wow. it's on my shoulders. Like, this needs to be right. And, right. Uh, and the creative director, Jen, she has a heck of an eye at Blur and she just kept me in line and, and it was a, a hell of a team effort for them to, to get all that done. But I knew that I couldn't let down my team by not getting an illustration delivered. And you're right. There were multiple revisions per illustration. Sometimes there was upwards of, I couldn't get Natalie Portman's face, right? Um, it was, it was just not, with that, so guys are rougher and they're chiseled and, 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 and they have armor and everything. And then Natalie Portman's hair was great and a lot of the flowy stuff, but the softness of the face was a little bit tricky to get with the stroke language because these strokes I had chosen were all very, were very rough. And so right. that one probably took about eight, maybe eight times back and forth with Marvel. And I think Natalie Portman's team maybe approved it, but their team wow. needs to, a lot of the time their team needs to approve stuff. Uh, Reynolds's team needed to approve some stuff with him for the Deadpool 2 DVD. Uh, Brolin, Brolin's team, I think, needed to approve his likeness and the way that I drew him for that same DVD. So uh, yeah, they needed to, to, it needs to hit the mark. Right, right. No, it's fun. You know, it makes sense that you're saying it, but you kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought of that, you know, that like, you know, not only is Marvel making a decision maker in this whole process, but then like the likeness of the actors and their teams as well are also decision makers. So 
that's really interesting to hear that like, you know, your the revisions were even going to like Natalie Portman herself. <laughs> yeah, I, I would almost imagine. And I mean, I, I maybe just her manager or something, but it, right. it, it needs to, it needs to get right in the money, especially when her names pops up. It can't, it, it, there can't be any doubt. Right. Right. No, it makes sense. That was, it makes complete sense. Yeah. It was upwards of three of those a day. And I started to kind of slow down in the last week and maybe do two a day, but that's still four hours per illustration at 4k right. with those layers. And it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of work, but ultimately I wouldn't change it for the world. And I get to talk Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. I know. I know. It sounds, it sounds like it was a piece that like truly left its mark that you had like, you really believed in, in your gut and stuff too. So it's really cool to hear about, you know, when we have guests on the show and they have such a passion for their specific frame that they're sharing. And then the project itself, it's just really cool to kind of like hear you guys, you know, kind of like recount it and talk about it and be like, yeah, you know, this was, this was a fun one. It was a lot of work, but you know, my God, like, yeah, my name's on it at the end and I'm really proud of it. And it was a great team. Like, I just love it. I love that story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It, 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 you do get pretty attached and, and pumped with the team and it's such a camaraderie experience of, yep. uh, of learning, of learning uh, areas that I want to necessarily have as much knowledge in and be able to help someone else do their job better by doing things better on my end. And so I joke about the unnamed layers thing, but that happened like once. And after that, it was, you've never seen a cleaner file in your whole life <laughs> because <laughs> again, I was not going to waste their time going through trying to find right. where the eye, eye highlight was. It was, it was, it was pinpoint precision of, uh, of how we, I delivered from there on out after realizing that, Hey, this is, this is really, there's a lot of people going to touch this. The, the animators For need sure. to know what's going on. For sure. Um, and one last question, or actually two, two more questions, if that's okay. But, um, yeah. other than the fact that it was like, you got the brief of like, Hey, this is supposed to be, we want this done in an illustrative style. Did blur give you any other projects and strains to work within while you're working on these designs? Or is it really just the fact that like, Hey, this is the style and the direction that we kind of want to go. Yeah. They, they came up with, I can't remember. I, 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 there were no, they, they were so good about no constraints on, on that one, but there might've, I don't even know if they gave me any reference. Um, okay. I can't remember. I'll need to look. I actually have the PDF still. I'm sure they did because the art director on that one uh, was Norn Jordan and she's so good about uh, attaching reference and kind of knowing where, where to cast Justin in certain ways. Um, mm -hmm. And then I, then I really can be my best self and our best selves when we have a ballpark, you know? And, right, um, right. and I think that's where that one fell, but I do remember us, me only having the trailer to go off of, of the first movie. And so that image is from the first movie. I pulled a still from, and I painted on top of it. And so applied that to the second movie, because there was nothing out for Thor two at the time of pitching on the sequence. Sure. Um, sure. And so, which was really awesome. Uh, to to, yeah. to be able to, to translate from a YouTube clip, you know, a high HD clip, or maybe not even HD, and just like let's <laughs> just work off of this one. And it right. was yeah, and and it was footage based as well. It wasn't like I wasn't freehand illustrating that as opposed to a lot of other stuff I do because we right. wanted to. I thought at first we we're going to do transitions, possibly of freeze frames, 
and or, or possibly, you know, and then it has to be like one to one and everything, and like a Sherlock Holmes uh, uh, prologue type of thing. But um, uh, no, but there end up being no footage and just all paintings. So, gotcha. Awesome, yeah. And then, lastly, were there any challenges or rewards that you experienced while on the project, other than what you've named already, or was it really just that you know, hey, I got to work on. I got some really awesome style frame, you know, opportunities out of this afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I, that's a good, yeah. I, I feel like the reward was knowing that you can push yourself in a direction that you've never been before and, and uh, execute something. And it kind of was a, they say that level up term, you know, I kind of felt like I leveled up with that one and leveled up with each one in each project, even obviously till, even today you get the most excited about progressing in your field and progressing down the pathway that you're going and, and not just repeating yourself or not just doing something that looks just like the hot new thing. And um, when you are able to infuse your personal uh, passion into it, the, the, the final result feels so much better. I think that the Thor frames looked at, at they, they looked a certain way because I was so uh, driven and so connected to the material of wanting to make just do justice to a comic book film, somebody else that might not care too much about comic book films, comic book films, it sounds derogatory or not, but it was, uh, it was, they might not really invest as much, but I mean, who knows, who knows, but I, I'm just so connected to it that it was like that kind of connection of wanting to uh, do my best possible work. That was, was really where, uh, I think that that project flourished like that. Yeah, absolutely. No, it may, that and that makes sense. You know, not only are you passionate about what you do, right? You know, as as a designer, as an illustrator, but then you know, just having that, just like passion of comic books and the love of comic books. You know, I'm sure that obviously contributes to you know what you're, the work you're you know pour, pouring yourself into it with it too. So um, well, that's really cool to hear. A thousand percent and we got to pitch on a few others after that. And then uh, some other companies, Sarovsky called me to pitch on title sequence for uh, title sequences for, uh, for Marvel films and continue to get uh, asked to do pitches for them. And um, it's every single time it's like that, that your, your heart kind of goes like, you know, it's like a heartbeat moment where you don't, you want to, you don't want to let anybody down and you want to do something that you feel is, necessary for the story and, Absolutely. And, push, and pushes the narrative or helps the director out. I really like that aspect of the style frames is that you can help a lot of the time we can fill in the gaps. If there's a gap to be filled for a director or something yes. that needs to be retouched upon or, you know, an opening title sequence is so different than an end title sequence in that way. Opening titles, you can't, I want to go and just show a bunch of footage from the film because they haven't seen it yet. You know, it's like an intro type of right. thing. See, that's uh, you love the the work that Elastic does on so many of their opening titles and um, yeah, there's just such a way to to conceptually uh, address those those nuances and problems. For sure, for sure. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. You know, chatting with you about you know the frame that you picked out from you know Thor two and you know just learning a bit about you know your background in motion design and design and illustration. Um, Thank you so much, you know, for coming on the show today. This this conversation has just been really cool. I'm so glad that you're able to join us on such short notice. Um, if people want to connect with you and learn more about what you're working on, what's the best way for them to do so? 
Um, I, I would, but well, first of all, thank you very much um, for for that and for having me. Um, I would say, but Twitter, yeah, Twitter and, and Instagram for sure. Cloud Studios, all one word. Um, C L A U S Studios, and that's on Twitter and Instagram, and that's where I'm at the most. Um, and then my website is cloudstudios.com. So, uh, yeah, and what you're doing is really great and getting style frames out there. And, and you know what? The thing is, it's maybe, it might be Saturday, style frame Saturdays, but I do style frames every day of the week. <laughs> well, the, the we last guess. I'm just that... kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, sometimes uh, that's something that comes up on Twitter a lot, or not just Twitter, but like, you know, social media, the MoGraph portals is that they are you know people are always just like (laughs) everyone's always just like i love this so much that i do it on the weekends but i need a break sometimes and it's sort of like oh cool that's when you know you love something right you know you're 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 so passionate about it you do it you know monday through friday but then you want to dive into it on the weekends too so i would totally believe you if you were doing it 24 7 365 justin yes you got to prepare for the next project there's got to be some personal stuff you could insert into these things that's where our small tiny victories come up that's what gets exactly. the, the engine going. And um, I was going to say about the, uh, you mentioned, tw- I love the Twitter motion graphics community. I've, I've, yeah. I, I've been, I've been really uh, community communicating with them and just addressing them so much more than I ever have just with uh, what kind of fan base there is out there from motion design. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't have a clue. I was over on Instagram so often and I was kind of off the Twitter thing. And then I, flipped over and it's uh it's been great so uh yeah i'll make sure to also reshare this on all those platforms <laughs> well we would greatly appreciate that thank you justin you well again you know this has just been this has been awesome you know thank you so much again for taking the time out of your day to chat with us um we'll share some links to some of the tools resources and studios that we mentioned here for our audience to check out but that wraps it up for today, everyone. Feel free to email us at styleframesatpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, if you like what you see and hear here, don't forget to subscribe, share, and review the show on your favorite podcasting platforms as well. And lastly, come connect with us on social. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll see you all in the next one.